0: In Isaiah chapter number nine, and goes right along this morning uh, with the uh, with the singing and everything that's been said. Uh, Brother Tim Green, she mentioned Brother Tim Green. He'll be here next Sunday, preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night. And uh, Brother Green's been such a blessing to our church, uh, and I just appreciate the man of God and appreciate his life. Amen. And uh, he's one of the uh, last of of, of that uh, of that generation that's still. Uh, Still believes in doing what's right. Still believes in uh, staying with the old time way. And so he'll be here next Sunday. We look forward to that. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray these next few moments that you would, Lord, touch these lips of clay. I pray that you'd give us wisdom beyond ourselves. And I ask that most of all that we'd see no man save Jesus only. I pray, dear God, that truly we would leave saying that we've met and we've seen the wonder of wonders. I pray, God, you'll bless the, the time of food and fellowship. I pray that you'll bless our time together now. Bless around the word of God. Speak to heart. Save that sinner that's nearest hell. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want you to notice very quickly in these verses that we've read this morning that Isaiah in the ninth chapter gives a message of hope concerning Israel's future and foretells that the Assyrians will come and that they will invade Emmanuel's land. And so in this chapter here, it reveals two very important things. It reveals God's son and it reveals God's sovereignty. Amen? What Isaiah talks about in chapter nine is he reveals here Uh, the twofold uh, uh, nature of the Lord Jesus Christ and also uh, the twofold ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. This chapter talks about both his first coming and it also talks about his second coming. I want to say Jesus did come as a babe in Bethlehem's manger but he's far more than just that. I'm thankful for the Christmas season. I'm glad that we celebrate the birth of our Savior. I know that he wasn't born December 25th but I'm glad we have a date, we have a time uh, uh, that we separate that we come together and we celebrate that birth and you know as Christians that uh, of course we celebrate it throughout the year but we celebrate that birth uh, because it has a purpose and it has a meaning and Isaiah is writing about that meaning in this chapter here when we get to verse number 6 he proves uh, in this chapter that God will punish Israel and that God will at the same time protect Israel and then God will purify Israel as the zeal of the Lord of hosts uh, is going to perform this. Uh, and I just want to stop and remind every one of us this morning uh, that God is still in control. Uh, he is still on the throne uh, and he is still in charge. Amen. And when we come to verse number six uh, I notice here what, a trem- what tremendous grace uh, as the Bible says for unto us uh, a child is born. Amen. Do you realize uh, that when Jesus Christ came to this earth, uh, at my my friend, it was the grace of God that gave his son to fallen humanity. And when I see that little phrase, for unto us a child is born, this is no ordinary child, amen. This little phrase does speak about his humanity. When Jesus came, he could've came back, came the first time on a cloud, and he could've came in all of his glory, and in all of his deity, but you know what, he did not do that. Philippians two and verse five said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but the Bible said but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross so Jesus came as a child as a babe in Bethlehem's manger it revealed his humanity. I wanna say what tremendous grace uh, uh, that God would bestow upon man uh, that he would let his son come uh, as a child, amen? I see not only what tremendous grace, uh, uh, but I see what a tremendous gift. uh, As he says uh, in this verse, uh, for unto us a child is born, unto us uh, a son is given, amen? Now this is no ordinary son, and he's not talking about Joseph. He was not Joseph's son. But he was the son of man, and he was the son of God. Amen. That son of man reveals his humanity. The son of God reveals his de- his deity. And when Christ came into this world, what tremendous grace! As he was a child that was born, but what a tremendous gift! He's a son that was given. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I say, what a a tremendous gift, amen. And then what a tremendous government. Look what he said, the government shall be, notice this, upon his shoulder. Now shoulder's plural, but shoulder. He'll shoulder the government, the Bible said. This speaks about his strength, his ability, his sovereignty of the government of God is going to be upon his shoulder. What a tremendous government. And we'll say more about that in just a moment. I see not only what a tremendous grace, what tremendous gift, what what a tremendous government, but what about a tremendous God this morning? Amen. For there's five names that are given to him. He's called Wonder He's called Counselor, but he's called the Mighty God, amen? When you think about this Mighty God, everything about God is mighty, amen? I'm telling you, his creation is mighty. His book is mighty. His spirit is mighty. His salvation is mighty. All of his promises are mighty. His people is a mighty army. I'm telling you, friend, his blood is mighty. His cross is mighty. I'm telling you, my friend, he is a mighty God. His word is mighty, his spirit is mighty. I'm telling you, he is the mighty God this morning. His breath is mighty. His battle is mighty, it just his bounty is mighty, his riches are mighty, his love is mighty, his mercy is mighty, his kindness is mighty, his goodness is mighty, his grace is mighty, his name is mighty, his character is mighty, his essence is mighty, which is holiness. I, I'm talking about, friend, he is the mighty God this morning. And now mind, friend, we look at this passage this morning, Isaiah outlines it in verse number six for us as he begins and he calls him wonderful. Isn't Jesus wonderful this morning? the wonder of wonders as we heard about. Brother Allen sings that song. Jesus is wonderful to know and he is wonderful in his name. Just the very mention of his name uh, is wonderful, amen. The Bible said in Matthew chapter number one and verse number 23, and that the Bible says, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from His their sins. Uh, I wanna tell you this morning, uh, his word, his character, his personality. You know who Christ is? He's God in the flesh, amen. God is a spirit, but God took who he was, his personality, and my friend, it's in the Lord Jesus Christ, and Christ is wonderful this morning. Everything about him is wonderful. And then he's the counselor. You know, I thought about this. Who taught the plower how to plow? Amen. Who taught the sower about the seed? Who taught the baker how to bake? You ever thought about that? Who taught the scientist? Who taught the biologist? Who taught the archeologist? Who taught the mathematician? Who was it that, that explored and taught the alphabet? He said, well, so-and-so come up with that. Oh, no, not by their counsel, not by their own will, not by their own volition. Who was it that stooped out, stooped out, stepped out on nothing and spoke everything into existence? Who was it, my friend, that never had to learn anything, that never had to figure anything anything out? Who is it that does not have to have an answer because within themselves they are the answer. I'll tell you who it is. It's this counselor. Amen. He is the counselor of all counselors. He has knowledge far beyond our little comprehension. Listen, in this galaxy that we live in there there is an empire of billions and billions of stars and our counselor, he knows every single star by name. Now if he knows them by name, and he knows the numbers of hairs that's on our head, don't you think he knows who you are? And he knows where you're at. He is wonderful, and he is counselor, amen. And he is the mighty God. The world is filled with false gods, gods of wood and stone and silver and gold and precious metals, but all those gods have one thing in common. They have no life in them. They have lips that cannot speak, and ears that cannot hear, and eyes that cannot see, and hands that cannot work, and feet that cannot walk. But what separates our God amongst all other gods is that our God is the living God. He's the mighty God. He is able, Paul said in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. My friend, that which is impossible with man is possible with our God. He's living God. God He's a powerful God. He's a mighty God, hallelujah. He is the mighty God and then he is the everlasting Father. The world today only knows him as the father of creation. but we know him this morning as we're a child of the king. The world likes to say we're all children of God, but that's not true this morning. Ephesians chapter two says that before we got saved, We were children of wrath even as others but God, in verse four, who is rich in mercy and for his great love, wherewith he hath loved us. Thank God for the mercy of God. I'm glad that one day uh, mercy came to my rescue. I'm glad that one day mercy reached further down than what I could ever reach up. He is the everlasting Father. I wanna tell you this morning, I don't believe in Santa Claus. I know it's a culture shock to some Baptists. I don't believe in Santa Claus, but I do believe in God, don't you? Might as well preach on that too, amen. I ain't got time to fool with it. I'll deal with it some other day, amen. The closer we get to Christmas, how about that? I'm telling you, I'm glad I don't believe in Santa Claus. I I think there's a song that says, I believe in Santa Claus. You why I like to teach my children about that. Don't teach your children to believe in Santa Claus. Teach them to believe in God, amen. God is real this morning. I said that in one church, and a child gasped, and the mother got mad. I'm telling you why. I reckon I broke the truth to but they needed to know the truth, amen. I'm telling you, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free, amen. I'm just telling you this morning, I'm glad the God we serve. He's an everlasting father. He'll be a father to the fatherless. He'll be there when everybody else has walked away, when no one else is there to stand with you. He'll see you to the very end. He'll help you cross the river, thank God. He'll be waiting on the other side. He is the everlasting father. There, hallelujah. Bible said when your father and your mother forsake you, then the Lord shall take you up. I'm telling you, he's a good father this morning. He feeds us. He leads us. He shelters us. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above. From whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. It's the father of lights. I'm telling you, God's paid every bill. God's put every piece of food on our table. God put the shoes on our feet. God's kept us safe going up and down the road. God's watched out for our family. He's an everlasting father. Hallelujah. He loves me as the songwriter said. Like I was his only child. I'm glad he loves me. Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so. He's an everlasting father and then he's the prince of peace. Peace. Romans 5 and verse 1 said, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. I'm glad we can have peace with God in Philippians 4 and verse 6 tells us we can have the peace of God this morning. If you'll make peace with God, you can have the peace of God. Isaiah 26 and verse number three says thou will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. This morning, there's a lot in this verse we could preach about. But when you get to verse number seven, this is our fault this morning. The Bible said of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. I'm telling you when you read those two verses this morning, you find the word God government in verse six, and you find the word government in verse number seven. And while Christmas time we celebrate the birth of our Savior, let us not forget this morning that Jesus came the first time as a babe in Bethlehem's manger, but when he comes a second time, he's coming, my friend, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, amen. I wanna preach a few minutes on this subject, on the government of God, amen, the government of God. We live in a day when our government government is so full of hypocrisy. It's so corrupt. It's so perverted. It's so, listen, they're so about wealth. And you know they don't care about the welfare and the well-being of the American people. But can I tell you this morning, that's the way all governments go eventually. They all go corrupt. You know why? Because they're built upon man. And I think we ought to cry out against it. I think we ought to preach against it. But if my only hope in this hour was what was happening in Washington, then I would have no hope whatsoever I want to tell you my hope is not in this world my hope is in another world hallelujah there's a government coming to this world that this world has never seen before hallelujah you know I've been a preacher most of my life and I got thinking about it brother Brian there's going to come a day when I'm going to be a politician y'all didn't know that did you Now, I'm not running for office right now. Don't worry. I'm not kissing babies and shaking hands and smoking cigars. But I'll tell you one thing. They say, oh, preacher, you're not gonna be a part. You're gonna be one too. There's coming a day when we're all gonna be a part of an administration like this world has never seen. You say, why do you preach against government? Number one, because they need somebody to preach against it. I plan on skinning their hide until I take my last breath. Somebody say amen. You say, well, I don't like to hear that. There's plenty of dead churches you can go to where nobody ever says nothing about anything. I plan on preaching against it until the day I die, amen. I wanna tell you in the meanwhile, I wanna remind us this morning that there is a better government. There's a time time coming when Jerusalem's going to be the capital of this world and Jesus Christ is going to sit on the throne of David in the city of our God. And my friend, there's coming a time when the king eternal, immortal, and invisible is going to rule this earth for 1,000 years. You know, no one's never governed that long, but Jesus will. And the Bible in these verses is highlighting the fact that there is a government coming like the world has never seen, and it is the government of God. Let me give you these things and we'll be through. I wanna say first of all, in verse seven, I see that it is a prosperous government. The Bible says of the increase of his government, and peace, there shall be no end. When Jesus comes and sets up his government, the government of God, I want you to know this morning, there's gonna be prosperity around this world like she has never seen before. I'm telling you, listen, He'll even listen. it'll even boggle the, boggle the mind of Donald Trump, amen? I'm telling you, there's no, uh, listen, there's no uh, uh, economist and there's no uh, uh, world empire or world economy today that would ever be able to understand the economy Economy that's going to take place under the rule and reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said the increase of his government is going to prosper. This world is going to prosper financially. It's going to prosper spiritually. It's going to prosper morally. Amen? It's just going to keep getting better and getting better. You know, the world's not getting better. Isn't that right? It wouldn't make no difference who was running as president. This world is not getting better. It's getting worse. But when Jesus Christ comes, uh, it's going to be a prosperous government that's going to prosper spiritually. It's going to prosper, uh, listen, morally. It's going to prosper financially, as we said. Uh, uh, the increase of His government will know no end. Hallelujah. Amen. The stock market will not be able to keep up. You say, Preacher, you really believe that? Well, sure I do. Because the Bible says that the desert is going to bloom like a rose. There's not a there's not anybody on planet earth that can make the desert bloom right now do you realize that I don't care how much fertilizer they put. I don't care how big of a sprinkler system they put in. I'm telling you, if they drained the Euphrates River, they couldn't make that desert grow and bloom like a rose. But I'll tell you, when Jesus Christ comes, there's gonna be a highway of holiness. There's gonna be streams in the desert. The desert's gonna bloom like a rose. he owned the cattle on a thousand hillsides in that Middle East. All them up rocky sand. Listen, hillsides right now will one day be luscious green with cattle on a thousand hillsides. You know who'll own every one of them? The king of glory, amen. It's going to be a prosperous government, hallelujah. Then it's gonna be a peaceful government. The Bible said the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Won't you be glad when they're not burning buildings, riding in the streets? Won't you be glad when you don't have to have locks on the doors? Some of you may remember that. Won't you be glad when there'll be no feuding, there'll be no fussing, there'll be no one running for election, thank God there'll be nobody running for election, amen? Won't it be a glad day when there'll be peace on the four corners of this earth? They won't be building no more missiles, they won't be signing no more peace treaties that do not work, there won't be no wars and rumors of wars. Can you imagine that? Fox News won't have anything to lie about, CNN won't have anything to lie about. I'm telling you, uh, Only thing they'll be able to say, uh, well, Jesus is still on the throne. Uh, There's still peace in the world. Uh, uh, Everything's still under his control. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, I hope they put a Democrat on there uh, and make them have to give uh, give a news report every day and for the first time have to tell the truth. Somebody say amen. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, but there won't be no vaccines. Uh, There won't be no mandates. Uh, There's not gonna be no mask. Uh, There won't be no fussing. There won't be no more fighting. Uh, uh, Baptists will have to get along. Uh, there won't be no church split. Somebody say man, uh, I'm talking about it's gonna be heaven on earth for 1,000 years. Uh, there's gonna be peace and tranquility. Hey, there won't be no devil. Hallelujah. Can you imagine that? No devil for 1,000 years. Some people have to learn how to testify again, won't they? They'll get up and their first sign will be, well, the debt muck. Can't say that. He ain't been riding you. Thank God he's in the belly of hell on a chain for 1,000 years. That makes me want to shout this morning, amen. I'm telling you, we give that booger too much credit now. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, most of us never face a devil, but maybe once or twice, if that much in a lifetime, but I'm telling you, there won't be no devil, hallelujah. I Listen, the Bible said, of a child put his hand down in a crocodile's den, and the word of God said the lamb and the lion and the ox, the lion's gonna eat straw like an ox, and the lamb And the bear's gonna lie down together and thank God there'll be holiness on the bells of horses. There's gonna be peace like the world has never seen before. Hallelujah. Won't it be wonderful there? But won't it be wonderful here? I'm talking about a peaceful government. No resistance, no rebellion. No gay pride marches. Amen. Amen. No... No gay day, whatever you want to call it. I can't remember what that thing's called. Or month. Amen. Somebody told me it was in, I think it's in June. There won't be none of that. No sodomites marching in the streets. Amen. Isn't that right? There won't be no sin running rampant, amen. I tell you, when you turn the radio on, there won't be singing praises to the devil. There'll be no country music. There'll be no rock music. You say, what's gonna happen? Every station will be a gospel station, and it won't be a contemporary gospel station, amen. Hey, the rock don't roll. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, you know what's gonna happen? You'll turn one station on after another, and it'll be singing praises unto our God, praises unto our king. There'll be scriptures reading, exalting the God of heavens and the Most High. It'll be wonderful everywhere you go. They'll be talking about the King of Glory. Hallelujah! Be wonderful won't it. Hallelujah! And then it's going to be a permanent government. The Bible said here, there shall be no end. You know, that's what I like about it. When He comes, there's not going to be no end. It looks like the world is winning this morning. But I got news for you. We're coming to the end. And for us, the end is just the beginning. For the world is the beginning of sorrows. For the saved is the beginning of sovereignty. Because we'll never again be under a tyrant's rule. We'll never again be put under the fist or the thumb of anyone that wants to do wickedness again, thank God we as the army of the living God, the saints of God, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, uh, we as the children of God, uh, we'll be under his leadership and his rule uh, for a thousand years here on earth and throughout eternity of his kingdom, there's going to be no end. And then it's not only a permanent government, but notice it's a prophetic government. The Bible says here that uh, uh, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, Kingdom. Do you realize uh, when Jesus comes, uh, it's a fulfillment of Bible prophecy? Amen. I'm telling you what prophecy is uh, it's history in advance. uh, I'm telling you, God is foretelling us uh, what's going to take place. uh, And friend, listen, you can open to Matthew chapter 24, and we're not there yet, but you can already see it on the horizon. You can already see the things uh, that Brother Danny's been teaching about and that Jesus said would come to pass. uh, It's already on your local stations. uh, of telling us that Bible prophecy is being fulfilled before our very eyes, Heavenly, He's coming, isn't He? Savior's coming, Amen. the kingdom is coming. Amen. It's a prophetic government. It shall come to pass. You know what I love about Bible prophecy? It not only comes to pass, but it comes to pass exactly the way God says it will come to pass. And then it'll be a perfect government. Look at this. The Bible says to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. What a day that's going to be. I don't know if anybody else here, and I'm sure you do, I'd watch very little news these days because I get mad. I'll just be honest with you. I want to, I won't even tell you why I feel you're probably the same way. I get tired of the hypocrisy, the lies, the deceit. We no more believe what they say than than anybody. And the, the, the false, we're living in a land that's quickly becoming lawless. When morality and decency is frowned upon by society, when sin and wickedness and perversion is praised in our very streets, in our schools, in our government. Well, surely any preacher worth his salt would preach against it. But instead our churches have become so apathetic, so complacent, our pulpits have become so silent, men of God or should I say preachers of today have become more worried about the number in the bulletin or on the board or their own retirement or their own paycheck. They're more concerned about their own comfort and well-being and so what do they do? They back off some things maybe because of some deep pockets maybe because of pride within themselves maybe because they, they feel like listen it's failure if the crowd goes down over the standard of truth but I I want to tell you, my friend, in this day that we're living in, the reason America is in the shape she's in this morning is not because of a bunch of politicians. It's because of a bunch of preachers, my friend, that got silent and quit preaching against sin. Amen? I'm telling you, friend, if there's ever been an hour when we need to cry out and spare not, the Bible says, when we need to preach against sin, it's the day that we're living in. The hypocrisy. The hypocrisy. You can tell when a politician is lying. You know that because their lips are moving, isn't that right? And we've got so many rhinos nowadays. They'll say anything, do anything to be elected. Our own governor sold us down the river in the last election. Now you nod your head and say, "Man, that." You know why? Because it's true. You say, "Well, that's on podcast." What if he hears it? I hope he does. Amen. Maybe it'll get a hold of his heart. He said, well, I don't like that. It doesn't make no difference. I won't take a baby aspirin tonight over it. Brother, we're so soft in this country today. I can't, be, I can't go that route by the grace of God. I think about men of God that preached to every one of us when we were younger. They cried against the sins of the nation. They burnt the hides up of those politicians that sold us down the river. I'm going to tell you what it did. It brought fear to this country. But we've become so soft as the people of God in this day and time that almost anything offends people nowadays. I think they ought to still be a place on the side of the road where you can come and in the right spirit hear the truth. Not watered down, not apologized for, and not avoided neither. Amen. Brother, because there is coming a day, thank God, when righteous judgment is going to be done. There's going to be the come a day when wickedness is no longer going to be praised. When justice is going to be elevated, when righteousness and truth, it has fallen in the streets in our day and time. But I want to tell you this morning, I have a responsibility, I have a duty as a preacher this morning and as a pastor. We don't need to be destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, but we need to be reminded listen, in a world that has lost its mind, in a society that is constantly pumping it through social media and then the news media and through the television screen and the internet. And through phones and everything else, uh, and through a uh, uh, public education, uh, uh, we need to have a place where we can come and still hear sound truth and sound doctrine, and still hear it preached, uh, and be reminded of what is right. You see, if you if you read, and I know you have to. I'm not fussing, but please take what I'm telling you this morning. You read enough social media you read enough emails and if you work a public job, you have to read them nowadays. But you read them long enough and you don't read your Bible, you know what'll happen? You'll start falling into that mindset. And there are things happening and I feel so sorry for many of you sitting out here this morning having to make decisions and I know you're in difficult positions this morning. And I want you to know that I pray for you. But in the midst of it all, right is still right. Right doesn't make no difference who it crosses this morning. Right is still right. Wrong is still wrong. The Bible is still true. And we must stand on it. You know why I want to do that? Because if today is the last day, if Jesus is coming today, then I want to tell you this morning, I want to still be standing for what's right, don't you? I don't want to sell out, water down, cool off. Give in. I don't want to just roll over. Is that right this morning? I don't want to swallow what's going on around this world. I see it so much. It really bothers me this morning. I'll be honest with you. I know as a pastor that all it would take, here's all it would take, church, is for me to quit mentioning some things. Just preach a whole lot of Preach a lot of Bible messages. Just just quit mentioning some things. And I'm telling you this morning, it wouldn't take six months. We'd feel the effects of it. We'd never get it back. You know what I want to do? By the grace of God, I hope the Lord will let us do it. I want to keep charging hell with everything we got. Is that right? I want to keep on preaching this book like they did in the 60s, Brother Danny. And in the 50s and the 40s. And I wanna have a church, by the grace of God, when you preach it and you bear down a little bit, it it don't get quiet. There's people that's got enough courage to still say amen to the truth and there's young people that grows up under the sound of that truth and a young people in a world of young people that have not been taught and they've been fed everything else and they've went a totally different way you're sitting in a good place this morning not because I'm preaching to you but because you're sitting under the word of God I want to pray that God will raise up another generation and I believe he is right here before us that still wants the old time way young adults that still Want the old time way, and wouldn't it be glad to say, for the glory of God, that the darker this world gets, I'm telling you, if there's still just one spot left in America, I pray it's right here in Rossville, Georgia, where there's still some old time Holy Ghost, a leather long preaching of the Word of God. Amen. Isn't that right? I've seen it on their faces. They come in, and they love the singing. I'm not talking about sinners. They love the singing. And they like the preaching as long as it's up here. But when it gets to where the rubber meets the road, so many times the Lord would say, they won't be back. You don't want that. But we cannot compromise the truth. Is that right? Righteous judgment. And then it's a providential government. I'll close with this as they get us a song ready. The Bible said the zeal of the Lord of hosts. Notice this. You ought to circle this word. will perform it. Listen, make no mistake about it. This is going to happen. I don't care who's running Washington. I don't care who the superpower of this world is. I don't care what tyrant is dominating at the time. There will not be a greater dictator in all this world than the Antichrist. That satanic trinity, the beast, the false prophet, and the devil will work their magical powers pull men to the point that they really believe in the end they're going to annihilate the Son of God. Brother Danny will teach on it here in a few days as he mentioned some this morning. They will go down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, the plains of Megiddo, The Mediterranean Sea will will be as dark as it can be with with bombers and submarines and all their arsenals and their missiles and they'll fill that valley full as he talked about this morning. Thinking that somehow they're gonna annihilate the Son of God. Revelation 19 and verse 11. John said, and I saw heaven open (coughs) and behold a white horse and he that set upon him was called faithful and true. That's who he is this morning. He's faithful. And he's true. How do you know Jesus is coming? I'll tell you how I know. Because he's faithful. He won't leave us to ourself. He ain't gonna leave Israel to themselves. He's faithful. And he's true. And in righteousness, he'll judge and make war. The Bible says his eyes are as a flame of fire. And upon his head are many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. The word of God said he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. And the Bible says dressed in white linen, fine and clean. And out of his mouth go the sharp sword that with it he shall smite the nations. And he, he the Bible said, he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. I'm telling you, there's coming a time. The Bible said he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want to tell you one. One more time. There's a king coming, and there's a kingdom coming with him, and we're going to be coming when he comes. Hallelujah! A government of God is soon to come to pass. And, sinner friend, you need to make sure you're ready this morning. What would you have? What would happen to you if the rapture took place right now? Where would you be? I don't want anybody in this church to go to hell. I don't want any visitor to go to hell this morning where would you be at this morning? We heard it all through Sunday school. We've heard it in testimonies and we've heard it in the message. I can't help but believe this morning that the Holy Ghost is dealing with somebody's heart. It's now or never, friend. Don't die without Jesus Christ. Don't be left behind. Don't pillow your head tonight and have to worry and wonder where you're going to be at. If the rapture takes place. What would you do if the rapture took place at two o'clock in the morning? And what woke you up was not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. The Bible said it'll be brighter than the noonday sun. What would happen to you this morning if the rapture took place? Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 1, But the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need, I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, isn't that what they're saying today? Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child and they shall not escape. I know that's the day of the Lord. It's Revelation 19, but it's coming, friend. Right prior to that passage of Scripture, Paul talks about the rapture, doesn't he? What about it this morning as we stand? Are you ready? Are you saved? Are you settled? Are you secure this morning? How about it, child of God? You may be saved. But have you drifted? Have you wandered? Do you need to get in this altar and draw nigh to him this morning? Our heads are about, eyes are closed. We may sing in just a moment. But I wonder, before we ever even have any kind of a song, why don't you just come? Why don't you come this morning and do business with God? Others are coming. Why don't you come this morning? Oh, listen, nothing else matters this morning except that you get right with God. If you're not right with him, I pray that you will be. Let today be the day. Come and make things right. Let God warm your heart. If you're lost, let him save your soul.